For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hi, everyone. I used to lead trips to, to Kenya and other places in Africa, and, and it often meant I had to carry a large amount of money. And I don't know if you've ever had to do that, but it, it's kind of scary. Um, I, I felt a, an incredible sense of responsibility for the money wasn't mine. It was for, for use for the trip, but also a lot of it was for, for giving away, uh, which designated to, to certain people, certain places. And, uh, and it was scary carrying it. I used to carry it in my backpack. I had a certain way I did it. And, uh, and I was always conscious, very conscious of where my backpack was. I, I hardly ever let go of it. And it was quite a sense of relief when, when I'd given all the money out or all the money had been spent and, and we we're on the, the, the return flight back to the UK. And this parable that we're going to look at um, th this morning is, is similar to that. It's, it's where uh, a vineyard has been planted by a landowner. It's, uh, there's a watchtower dug, there's a fence around it, and, and the vineyard is entrusted to some tenants who are to look after it. So let me just remind you of the context where we're really in the last, the last days, the last weeks of, of Jesus' life. He's in the temple courts and, uh, and, he's, and he's telling a number of parables that, that are primarily uh, directed at, at the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders. Let me read it to you in, in Matthew chapter 21. It's right at the end. Uh, Listen to another parable, Jesus said. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it dug a wine press in it and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers who went, and, and then he went away on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to be to the tenants to collect the fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent another, other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said, but when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do for those tenants? This is what the, the leaders say who are listening to this. He will bring those wretches to their wretched end, they replied. And he will rent the vineyard to, another, to, to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you read in Scripture the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone? The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in his eyes. It's really a very simple parable and, and actually very obvious. Let me just remind you of the cast. So we have, we have the vineyard, which, which really represents God's people, uh, the Jewish nation, and probably in the future, uh, Gentile believers. We have the landowner, which is, which is obviously God. Uh, we have his son, which is obviously the Lord Jesus. We have the tenants, and, and it's very clearly the, the religious leaders, uh, the elders, so, so the leaders of, of, the, of the nation of Israel at the time. We have the servants who initially come, those who, who come uh, to, to, to get the, land, to the vineyard owner's uh, fruit, and, and those would be the prophets of the Old Testament. If you remember, the prophets in the Old Testament brought brought many messages and words to the, to the people, warning them, really words from God, uh, warning them. So this, that they represent, the servants represent the prophets. And then the other tenants. So at the end there, where, the, where actually the, the Jewish leaders say, well, it needs to be taken away from those tenants and given to others. Uh, and that's a the kind of a wonderful picture of, of 
future believing Jews and, and, and Gentiles as well. So a change of, of, of tenantship. So those are the, that's the cast. Let's, let's look at the facts and then we'll have a couple of lessons. So, so a simple one today. So the facts are that this is told primarily, this, this parable is very clearly directed at the religious leaders. And, and it's really in response to a couple of questions that, that Jesus has asked at the temple courts by the religious leaders earlier in that chapter where, where they challenge him and they say, you know, by whose authority are you doing these things and saying these things? And who's giving you this authority? So, so this is all part of that, that dialogue as Jesus responds um, to, to those two questions. Um, it's, it's a message that, that would be magnified and, and perhaps, perhaps for us, we don't fully understand that because maybe we don't have the, the Old Testament knowledge that these religious leaders would have. But if you read in, in Isaiah chapter five, there's a, a beautiful, it's, it's a love song really to, um, uh, to, to uh, a vineyard owner, somebody who plants a vineyard. And it's a love song about how he, he cleared it of stones. He, he, he dug, uh, dug a watchtower and, and built a hedge around it and he planted the best possible vines. Um, and yet when he came to the harvest, it only produced bad fruit. So it's a, it's, it's this, this parable that Jesus tells to these leaders would ring, would sound, would echo this historical, this, this message from, from Isaiah, uh, really a, 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 um, 700 years prior. It, they, would, they would recognize the, the allegory, they'd recognize the vineyard, they'd recognize uh, the, the landowner and so on. So, so it, would, it was a message that, that in a sense would be more magnified for them because of their biblical knowledge than, than perhaps for us. And it's hugely, hugely prophetic. Obviously, you know, from what Isaiah said 700 years before, but, but also just prophetic of, of Jesus, the son. It's very clear, isn't it, that, that, that the landowner sends his son, kind of not as a last resort, it sounds like it in the parable, but sends his son to the vineyard. Um, uh, and, and also kind of what happens to the religious leaders and, and the temple and so on, because they would be, the temple would be destroyed again in, in A.D. 70. So, so it's, it's hugely prophetic in, in so many different ways. And, and even kind of the giving of the, the tenantship to, to somebody else, you know, uh, that of, of, of giving to the Gentiles and giving to, to the believing Jews, taking it away from those religious leaders. So, so hugely prophetic. And then the last fact is the message was, was understood loud and clear. We read in the last verses of, of chapter 21, um, it says that when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them and, and they, they looked for ways to arrest him. Um, so very, 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 it was heard loud and clear. They, they knew exactly uh, the, 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 the meaning of the parable and particularly who it was addressed to. So, so that's the cast, that's the, the facts. Let's, just, let's pick up just a couple of lessons perhaps. And we always have to be careful, don't we, when we read parables that we don't overread into them. You know, the, the main thrust really here is a, is a message and a warning um, uh, to, the, to the religious leaders. But we see a few things. I, I think we see, first of all, we see the heart of God once again. And that, that love song in Isaiah chapter 5, uh, after, after it's sort of, it's mentioned of, of all that, that the landowner's done. He's cleared the stones away. He's got rid of the briars. He's dug the hedge. He's built the watchtower. He's planted the best um, the best vines. He's, he's given every opportunity. And, and the phrase that comes out is, what more could he have done? And isn't that the heart of God? What more could he have done for us? 
And then ultimately, this, this, tenant, this parable here about the tenants, he actually sends his son. So he sends the prophets, the, 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 the land is great, the prophets bring the message, and finally his son. And, and it just reminds me uh, you know, of, of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his, his only son. So it really shows um, the heart of God. And then, and then secondly and lastly, um, we shouldn't reject Jesus. So it's very clear here, isn't it, that, that they reject Jesus. They, re- they reject the message from the prophets, from the servants, and, and they certainly reject the Son. They, they don't want to, to give anything to the Son. They don't want to give anything to the Father. They, they want it all for themselves. And, and it reminds me, again, of, of a couple of other verses, which I, I think are the, possibly the saddest verse in the New Testament. The saddest verse, maybe, maybe the saddest verse in the Bible, in John chapter 1, verse 10. He was in the world. So this is referring to, to Jesus. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, so the Jewish nation, but his own did not receive him. Now, isn't that sad? You know, the, the, the God of all creation, the Lord Jesus, came to his own creation, came to his own people. They wouldn't recognize him and they didn't receive him. It's probably the saddest verse in the Bible, isn't it? But the next verse perhaps is the, the gladdest verse in the Bible, verse 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that's really the only right we have, is is when we receive Jesus, when we come to him, uh, we have the right to be children of God. So so don't reject Jesus. And it is just possible that that today you're listening to to this daily, maybe just by chance, maybe somebody has has directed it towards you, and, and you've you, you've, you've had the servants come, you've had the son come, and you've rejected. Don't, don't reject any longer. Re- receive Jesus and, re- and receive life. And perhaps it's not just for a rejection of those who don't know Jesus, but also us as believers, we can, we can sometimes reject what God is saying to us. And, and I, I, I'm re- reminded and challenged by Hebrews chapter, chapter 3, where the writer to the Hebrews in, in chapter 1 speaks of being careful we don't drift away from the truth. So I think there's a danger, isn't there, as believers that we can drift away. It's not intentional, but we, we, we can. We can, we can drift. We can, we can not have, a, have ears that are, that are desiring to hear of God. And then it also talks about ignoring. Don't ignore the word. Don't ignore the truth. So we drift sometimes. Sometimes we ignore. It kind of summed up in, in Hebrews 3 where the writer reminds the, the readers or, or those who are listening in, in Hebrews, um, he reminds them of, of the rebellion of the Old Testament. And he says, um, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. So perhaps that's a lesson for us who, who already know Jesus. We've already received him, but perhaps we've drifted. Perhaps we've, perhaps we've ignored or perhaps we've hardened our hearts. So let's, let's be those with, with sensitive hearts, with, with eager ears to hear, uh, ready to respond to, to what he wants. I'll pray and then uh, wish you a good day. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this parable that, uh, that was so clear to the, um, to the listeners of the day when, when you spoke it. But thank you too for the, for the messages of, of recognizing your heart, your desire in, in, in an incredible way that you would send your son for us. So thank you that you've done that, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. And Father, I pray if there's, if there's anybody listening who doesn't know you, that they would put their trust in you today. 
that they would receive you and, uh, and receive life. And for us who, who know you, Father, we, we know that we can drift. We, we can, not intentionally, but we can drift away from you. And I pray, Father, that we would be eager to hear from you and eager to respond to what you have. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day.